Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your business's or restaurant's recycling program. Welcome to episode 189 of the Jackson Hole Connection, where I'm sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole so the rest of the world can enjoy what Jackson Hole is all about. I enjoy sharing a quote with you before we begin today's episode. And the quote is, tomorrow is the most important thing in life. Comes into us at midnight very clean. It's perfect when it arrives and it puts itself in our hands. It hopes we've learned something from yesterday. Folks, that's from John Wayne, the Duke. And everybody, our episodes are possible through the support of our sponsors. Today, we have Teton County Salad Waste and Recycling as our sponsor. They are announcing their Curb to Compost program for restaurants and other commercial food waste generators. And additional support comes from the Jackson Hole Marketplace, building badass sandwiches for breakfast and lunch every weekday. And I heard from a little birdie that in a few weeks, we'll be selling on Fridays, smoked burgers. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection, the place and space I share stories with you. I am so grateful that each of you are tuning in today and we have so much fun each week with this podcast. This podcast is all about sharing, people sharing their stories sharing a small chapter in the book of their life. Remember folks, we can learn so much from each other if we take a little bit of time to talk. Find a stranger to talk to. As my brother says, he never met a stranger. And folks, my guest today is Tana Hoffman. Tana's a marketing ninja, in my opinion. She is an entrepreneur by fact, a motorhead, founder and CEO of mountainist.com and probably an ax thrower but that's one thing I can't confirm. Tana grew up with adventure in her life and lives each day to make an impact in her life and the lives of other people around her. Tana, she actually helped me launch this podcast, The Jackson Hole Connection. And now Tana has launched her own growing business, mountainist.com, filling a much needed area for women in power motorsports. And now, Tana's launching another business because that's what Tana does. She doesn't stop, which is to help women get out and enjoy the outdoors. And today, Tana's gonna share with you her journey to where she has arrived now, what this new business is about, the name of it, and her partnership. We're gonna let Tana tell you all about her new business idea. Folks, keep an ear and an eye out for Tana because she, in my opinion, Tana is a growing advocate and influencer for women in the outdoors. Tana, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun to reconnect after so many months. It is fun to reconnect. I'm excited to learn about what's going on in your world of, of life and business. And you're, you're a person that doesn't keep the ground, um, the grass growing underneath your feet, let's say. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> so Tana, let's start by you sharing your journey to be here in the Valley in Jackson Hole. Where did you grow up? And then how did you end up out here? That is a long one, but I will try to keep it consolidated for you. <laughs> My journey to Jackson took a lot of zigs and zags, but it starts back on an island in New Hampshire. Um, I was born in New Hampshire to parents who met in the airline industry. My mother was a flight attendant for Pan Am, and my father was a captain for Pan Am. He learned how to fly in the Army Air Corps, actually, um, and flew in World War II. Um, but they lived in a lot of different places. Being pilots, they were able to move around a lot and um, settled in New Hampshire when I was born. And uh, as I was growing up, we spent time between there and living on a sailboat down in Bermuda, actually. No <laughs> on a, yeah, I lived part time on a sailboat until I was three. Um, and uh, I think that's why I have pretty good sea legs now. Started me early. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I would just say that you know, my parents definitely instilled a sense of adventure for me very young. We lived on the coast and we spent a lot of weekends going up to the mountains and skiing uh, Sunday River, Gunstock, Atatash, a lot of those small New England resorts that most people from back east would recognize. And I went to college in Connecticut College. Uh, I had a lot of women in my family that went there. So that was kind of the impetus, but I actually spent almost every weekend driving up to Waterville Valley. Cause at that point I was already really in it for skiing. I was already obsessed. <laughs> um, I'd been working at, you know, ski shops through high school and I spent pretty much every weekend up there. And that was kind of my first major introduction to living in a mountain town, um, you know, more full time than just going up on the weekends or going up for a night or two. And that led me to really just want to be in the mountains all the time. So uh, that inspired me to work at a ski resort in New Zealand for a while. And then I moved out to Lake Tahoe and I worked at Sierra in Lake Tahoe for a few years uh, and then ended up working at Winter Park Resort in Colorado as their digital marketing manager. And that was where I really got introduced to Jackson Hole because it was about a six, seven hour drive. And whenever a storm missed Winter Park, uh, we were pretty sure that it hit Jackson hole. A lot of times it would just go a little farther North. Mm -hmm. So I would go up with friends and, and we would come up to the resort and ride for the weekend. And when things were kind of just winding down at winter park and I was ready for a change, it just seemed like the next best place to move. So my first friend at winter park, who was the HR director at the resort, she had, you know, when taken me under her wing, cause I didn't know anybody. She was also the first person that I knew in Jackson Hole. So um, she organized a place for me to live. And I moved up, put everything I owned in my car, put my dog in my car, came up, spent the entire day unpacking. And then the next day we got evacuated because that forest fire was coming up over the top of Snow King. So I took all of my stuff and I put it back in my car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first 48 hours in Jackson Hole. Um <laughs> But um, I eventually put all of that stuff from the car back into the room. Um, I've been here in the Jackson Hole area for 10 years now. So that is my zigzag to Jackson. And what an adventure the past 10 <laughs> yeah. years have been. Yeah, that was even 10 years ago. So what an adventure the last 20 years have been. <laughs> very true. Very, yeah. very true. And what a cool story of your parents. I mean, just living on a boat for half of the year. How cool. 
Yeah. I think a lot of their parents, I don't think, I know I've been told a lot of, a lot of their friends thought they were absolutely just bonkers for bringing a newborn on a boat. Um, but you know, my parents, they just really instilled that idea of you don't do things the way you're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, really cool way to grow up. Good for them. Yeah. And so now you're a business owner and I'll call you a motorhead. All right. (laughs) I mean, I've got one foot in the motor side of things for sure, but I still, I still love to get out on my snowboard and my bike. And so I guess I'll follow up that story with how I made it from Jackson hole to Alpine, um, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the land of power sports. But uh, over the last 10 years, I've worked in um, various segments of Jackson hole. I started working as an, a photo editor, um, for a well-known photographer. Um, I mm. found him on like Jackson hole classifieds when I first moved there and I needed a job and, you know, I went over and just helped him, um, edit his photos and update his website. And that was a really cool window into just like the action sports and uh, ski scene in Jackson. Uh, and I used that to work as a freelancer, For the first three or four years that I lived in Jackson, maybe two or three, uh, building websites, helping with marketing. And then I got recruited by uh, TGR, Teton Gravity Research, and I went and worked for them for two years. Uh, And then after that, I went back to working for myself again and eventually met a guy and we ended up moving down to Alpine. Uh, Got a little hard to find housing in the the hole. So um, moved down to Alpine and... um, at that point, I had already started snowmobiling a little bit, but when I moved here, I think is when I went full redneck. Um, and <laughs> my garage is a, a pretty powerful attestment, uh, attest to that now. So, um, yeah, we love life down here in Alpine. It's a little, little quieter and, you know, it's working remotely definitely has given me the opportunity to live life to the fullest here. Um, and, you know, enjoy afternoons up in the mountains, um, proximity to so many activities. And yeah, I've been really lucky to start two businesses over the last three years. And now I spend all of my time in front of my computer. So <laughs> that, that brings us up to now. <laughs> you get out some, come on. I do. Oh, I do. I do. Trust me. I, I always find time to get out, but I spend much more time in front of my computer than I think I ever have in my life. And during that marketing period, I, I want people to know that you were critical in me <laughs> launching the podcast. Yeah, you we did a key- lot of stuff together, you know, yeah. between the wine club and TLS and marketplace and the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I spent a lot of time together and came up with a lot of really cool ideas. Yes, it was a blast brainstorming with you. Yeah. And, and thank you for helping me have the brand for for this podcast um you helped me follow that journey of creating a brand and coming up with the logo and so everybody who's listening tana has a little touch in in this (laughs) podcast so very honored that she you worked with me on yeah part of my jackson hole legacy (laughs) yes that's right now in a good snow year before you had two businesses that you're you're running what will share with us the name of your two businesses sure uh so two businesses one is existing has been running for three years it's mountainist.com mm-hmm. and it's an e-commerce site designed uh, specifically for women in outdoor adventure sports and more specifically it, it really skews towards the power sports side of things where women are pretty strongly underrepresented in the industry And, uh, the second is called Illa and, um, 
I'll get more into that later in the conversation because I think it requires a little bit more of a conversation around it. <laughs> okay, sounds yeah. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, on a good year, how many days in the winter season were you out snowmobiling? Uh, well, when I first got my sled in 2015, granted, then I was working for TGR, so I had a, a pretty strict 40-hour work week. But I would say after I left and I was back doing consulting again, I probably got out four or five days a week. It wasn't always, you know, a six hour day, but mm. I would find time in the morning or at lunch in the afternoon. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in the world of snowmobiling, how many women are, are in it? So many more now than you would think. Okay. So many. I remember when I first started riding, you wouldn't see a lot of other women in the parking lot. Um, mm -hmm. And now- there's just loads of them. We all wave to each other. It's really cool to see it just before your eyes. Like you're not just hearing about it. You're not just seeing photos on Instagram. Like I see it happening in the parking lot. So many women are doing it. That's There's great. actually a, an all women's snowmobile club down here in star Valley. They have mm -hmm. like over a hundred members, women coming from all over the place, like in the region, come to ride with them on their monthly rides. Are women competing in the hill climb, the world championship hill climb? Again, more than ever. Still yeah. not a lot, but more than ever. All right. It's growing exponentially. It's really cool to see. I, I love it. And, yeah. and then in the summer, you go from one machine to another one. Uh, well, I have, uh, I've gotten into dirt biking, but I still love my first love um, for summer sports was actually surfing. I was a surf instructor when I was in college and um, really got into it more in college when I lived back East. Kind of hard to surf when you live in a landlocked state. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, or I'll go to the snake river, I guess those guys though. That's intense. I've said every year I'm going to try it. And every year I chicken out, <laughs> um, but downhill biking, um, mountain biking, um, at the ski resorts, uh, that was something I was introduced to when I lived in winter park. And, you know, I went out there for my love of skiing and snowboarding. And then it was like, well, you're also going to be marketing this bike park that we're starting. So you should probably go out and try it. <laughs> And, um, uh, you know, I was friends with a lot of the guys that, you know, uh, took care of the trails. So they would, they were really nice and they'd take me out and kind of say, you know, one in front, one in back, just follow us, keep your speed. It was a little bit like being baptized by fire, mm -hmm. uh, but I was really grateful for it. Cause when I moved to Jackson and didn't have a lot of money and I didn't know a lot of people, I would go up to Teton pass and I would ride, ride Teton pass the dirt, or sorry, the uh, mountain bike trails there pretty much every single day. And then I would go to the coach for a beer because I figured that was about as much fun as I could have for five dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, biking, mountain biking, I still really love and still really enjoy doing every year. But we don't have a ski resort or a bike park here in the valley, so um, motors are your chairlift. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but you still get out there and dirt bike, and and mountainous has you said it's it's about power sports, so it's involved with that side of the power sports as well. Yeah. We have a uh, snowmobile gear. We have dirt bike gear. We have avalanche equipment, um, for, you know, skiers and snowboarders as well. Um, we have apparel for, uh, mountain biking and skiing and snowboarding. Uh, we had fishing, uh, gear for rent, um, as well. We do rentals that we ship all over the country. Um, so there's a lot of really fun, um, a lot of fun components to that business. A lot of moving parts. You've grown it quite a bit since when, we've last chatted and, and when you first visualized that and brought it to fruition. Yeah, it has, it has changed a lot. You know, I'm actually at a point where 
trying to figure out kind of what direction it needs to go in now, because I'm kind of fully invested in this, this next project, Illa. But I think what mountainist has been so important for is it really was the gateway to creating this next opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was my trial run. It was me learning how to build a business that wasn't just consulting. That wasn't just about, you know, my personal skills and, and connecting with people, but how to take, you know, a really big idea with a lot of moving parts and kind of build the Rube Goldberg logistical, you know, machine that it became, um, to actually have a you know fully operational e-commerce site that kind of runs on its own with um, all these different brand partners and um, so many different pieces to it. So it was a, a really great MBA. <laughs> um, and, and you didn't have to go to school for it. You learned. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Um, paid about as much as it costs to go to school, I feel like, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to invest in something and see it grow and, you know, have something to show people that, you know, prove to myself that I'm capable, but prove to other people that, you know, I, I can build something, I can take something from nothing and make something out of it. Um, you know, there was a lot more that I had and have planned for mountainist. I don't know if I'll be able to hit all of those or check all of those boxes, um, because I'm only one person, uh, but I'm very grateful for the, the relationships um, and the just opportunities that Mountainous paved for me. So it's been really great. And I can tell you from the time that I first started working with you and you were running our marketing for us, I and you said you were doing your own business. I knew from instant you were completely capable. Well, um, yeah. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you were very very capable and. I'm, so you're a one-person show for Mountainous. I have uh, a retail manager, and okay. she is a godsend. Um, she manages my showroom, um, and you could call it a warehouse, but it's really it's all in the same room. Mm. <laughs> uh, but she she manages everything for me. Um, yeah, Mountainous.com would not be alive without her help. So um, she's been very helpful. And. Share with us, what does this do for women in the world of, of power sports? How, how does mountainous.com work? Uh, I mean, it's essentially a, a reseller of top brands. Um, and then also we have a rental component where women can rent apparel, protective gear, avalanche safety gear, and have it shipped to them, whether they're going to a clinic or if they're, you know, trying with a friend or a significant other so that they have the, the, the rentals make it so that women who are getting started that maybe aren't ready to invest a thousand dollars in gear because technical gear is very expensive. They can rent for, you know, $150 for the weekend and have everything they need to have a really good experience so that they're not cold so that they don't have, um, you know, functional problems with whatever they're wearing so that they can wear the things they need to have a good experience, um, for a fraction of the price. And hopefully that inspires them to want to keep going and buy their own gear. And then on the retail side of things, uh, we really curate what we put on the site to represent the gear that I use, that my friends use, that is essentially, we, we tried to make mountainous.com kind of like the friend who says, oh, you want to go out and try this here? You can borrow my gear. That's where the rental stuff came in. And then, oh, you're ready to buy stuff. This is what really works for me. Uh, so we just tried to approach it in a different way and 
there's options on the site to buy gear by rider. Um, so women that love things talk about, you know, or they, they'll list off the gear that they use and um, what's important to them. And so it's just creating a different experience um, rather than making people do a lot of research and determine things based on all of these like technical bullet points that may or may not um, be important to them at the time that they're shopping. Mm-hmm. They just want to know it, it fits right and it's going to be warm. And does it work? Yeah, and it works. Is it going to do what it's supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times with, with wine, people tell me so much information about the wine and I just really want to know, is it good? Is it, be, is it, <laughs> is it worth what you want to charge me for it and yeah. what you're saying I should sell it for? Yeah. If, if yeah. that is the case, then yes, let's do it. Yep. And when exactly. I taste it, if it's not that, then eh, I don't want to buy from you again. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, I think people get just overwhelmed by choice, you know, mm. so the idea of being able to curate a collection and say, if you're looking for boots and these are the things that you prioritize, you know, whether it's price or fit um, or color, here are two things that could work for you. Pick one <laughs> instead okay. of saying, here's, you know, a thousand, mm. you know, UPCs have fun figuring out what you need. So um, just trying mm. to shortcut that experience for people. Can you do that for men? Because <laughs> We actually, it's amazing. We started for women, um, but you know, a lot of the stuff that we carry, a helmet isn't women specific. There's no such thing as a women specific helmet, but you know, we pick things based on, do they go into an extra small? Cause a lot of times there are products that literally aren't made small enough for women or big enough in the chest or big enough in the hips or whatever it is. Um, but we do have a lot of men who shop with us. So um, yeah, I can't say it's just for women anymore. And for birthday, it makes a great birthday gift. It does. Anniversary gift. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tana, we're going to take a break to get a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and learn about Illa. Sounds great. Because you're keeping me in great anticipation because I don't know about (laughs) Illa. (laughs) Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is excited to announce the commencement of the new Curb to Compost program for restaurants and other commercial food waste generators. Recycling food waste by composting has many benefits for your business and the Jackson Hole environment. To discuss details about the Food Waste Compost Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Tana, welcome back. We are just finished learning about mountainous.com from you, how you started a business and earned your MBA in entrepreneurship. Probably one of the best ways that anybody can do it. It's not in the classroom, but it's in the field. It's probably rolling one of the up most the stressful ways, but yes. <laughs> yes. But think about it this even if somebody goes to school to earn some MBA and they're going to go start their own business, they're going to still go through a lot of what you went through anyway. That's true. That's true. And, and you 
knowing, having the experience that you have and you had before you started it. And now that you have mountainous, you can now go teach an MBA course. Probably could. Yeah. A very um, condensed one, but yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I still need a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. I hire a lot of consultants and a lot of agencies and a lot of experts that have a lot more know-how in specific areas than I do. But yeah, it takes a village to get a business off the ground. That's for sure. Well, I think that's with any being an entrepreneur. You, you got to get help. Yeah, absolutely. Big corporations do it. Yeah. And the only difference, oh, well, there's a lot of differences, but the difference between a big corporation and, and a small one-person startup is you're doing it all versus having the resources of a big team. And then you outsource it for when you need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, tell me about ILA. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you and I have been trying to connect and do this podcast for several months. And part of the reason I've been pushing you off a okay. little bit is because... Illa was such an embryonic idea that I wanted to wait until um, I really had an opportunity to speak to it um, in a more eloquent way, because um, it's been kind of under the microscope being researched and you know explored and concepted over the past six months. So what Illa is, um, Illa is a collective of it's a it's a platform for women, a collective of women, um, and it's a community that helps connect women to get out and do outdoor sports together using a text message driven platform. So to describe this a little bit better, uh, if you were a woman, <laughs> seven, okay. um, and, uh, maybe you wanted to, uh, go fishing, uh, you, you enjoy going fishing. Uh, you would sign up for this subscription service. You would sign up with Illa and Illa would send you a text message, um, maybe on like a Wednesday or a Thursday before you said, if you said you were free on Sundays or Saturdays and say, Hey, Stefan, um, water's looking clear. How do you feel about going fishing this weekend? And say, you know, respond back with a, with like a hand emoji if you're in. And we would take that information, uh, from different members that are subscribed. And we would basically find you some buddies to go fishing with and connect you all. Um, and you would be able to use this adventure planning service to make friends and get out and do more of what you love. Because, you know, I think that there is a narrative around women in the industry. When you look at the photos and you look at the advertising campaigns, um, you see a lot of women on their own. And um, that's a narrative that I really believe needs to be changed because women, we're, we're social, communal beings. We love spending time together. And often the who is more important than the what. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, go out and slay powder and like, you know, do all this awesome, amazing stuff. And I'm so proud of the women that have pushed the envelope in athleticism. But I think that there's also really important there's, there's this conversation that needs to happen around women wanting to get out with other women and being able to inspire women to get out and do more of these sports because it can be a social experience. It doesn't have to be a solo experience. So I am building this product to help get more women out together doing the things they love in the outdoors, uh, really with the mission of creating this collective voice so that we can take what we learn um, and, you know, pull together this community of women 
who can then have real impact on the industry to be able to come back to brands and come back to the industry and say, this is what we've learned. This is how this very underserved, very rapidly growing, very powerful segment wants to be seen, heard, represented, and supported, um, and give that back to the brands and just create this engine to change how people think about women in the outdoors and change the narrative. So, you know, it's a really big idea and something that I've always been passionate about. And you could say it was really like the same seeds that sowed the idea for mountainous.com, but I'm finding a way to do it differently. And I think the coolest part of this whole experience is that I found a partner that also saw how important having this conversation and changing this narrative is, and they are making it possible for me to create this uh, very exciting, very um, in-depth and data-backed product. Uh, the partner is a company called VF Venture Foundry, and it is a branch of VF Corporation. If you don't recognize the name VF Corporation, you probably know the brands that they represent. It includes the North Face. It includes Smartwool, Vans, Dickies, um, a lot of outdoor brands that you're probably familiar with. And last year, they started a innovation program um, out of the VF Venture Foundry, which is kind of their innovation um, leg with the intention of bringing in founders with innovative ideas that fit with their culture and their values that they can support and stand behind and help bring really cool new businesses to light. Um, and this opportunity because of Mountainist kind of fell in my lap. Somebody sent me a, a link to apply. Um, it was kind of cryptic because it was very new um, and they've since really changed how they speak about the program. But I applied really thinking it was like a pitch competition or something like that. And six months later, you know, here I am working with VF Venture Foundry to build and launch this new product and this new community with a lot of support and a lot of really smart people um, and some really amazing resources that I would not have access to on my own. So um, it has been a fairy tale uh, last six months. And that is why I am so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't talking, but I just dropped my microphone listening and being just in absolute <laughs> awe. Um, Trust me, I pinch myself like on a weekly basis. Like I can't believe that I get to do this. So um, yeah, it's just been the most amazing opportunity with the coolest people and um, you know, VF, I don't know what you know about them, but their culture is every bit as um, passionate as the brands they represent. And so just to be able to work with an organization and uh, you know, a group that there's a ton of women working for, which is in itself really cool. But just to be able to work with a group of people that really see my vision for what it is and the importance of it, um, who want to see it succeed has just been a dream come true. I am so happy for you, Tana. Thank you. And Thank you. I have so many questions about yeah. Illa. And to start, I'd love to hear what Illa means, if there's a meaning behind it. And what were you doing to... <laughs> develop this idea before you got it to the point that you could share it with somebody that I, I hear what I hear is you spent a lot of time thinking um, much what I've been doing the last six months is a lot of thinking. <laughs> and so let's start off with the name. Sure. So 
When I first pitched this idea, it was not so much the product that I described to you, but it was, you know, this mission and changing the narrative and creating a community and a movement around it. And I actually called it the Mountainous Collective. I had it as kind of a spinoff from Mountainist, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to come up with another name because I didn't want the branding of Mountainist and the power sports to bias how people saw Illa because Illa is a much broader base, um, much more um, inclusive and, you know, I guess multi-sport approach. So I was looking through women's names, unique women's names, because the idea for Illa was in the same sense that Mountainist.com was the friend that helps you find your gear and get, you know, share their closet. I wanted this to be kind of a person that embodied the friend that's always inviting you out, the friend that motivates you to go out and play, the friend that's making plans, and just the mindset of women who kind of say, you know, I don't want to do this by myself, but I don't necessarily need someone to show me everything to do. You know, this mindset of, I I have this uh, kind of little motto that's kind of become a joke with some of the girls that I dirt bike with, because sometimes we do hard terrain and we end up in ditches and flipped upside down and mm. <laughs> we're all going, whoa, this is way over our head. We were not expecting this. But we have this little motto that with four women, we can actually accomplish anything. Like mm. you can put a snowmobile out of a ditch. Um, you know, you, if you need to send two people to go get help, whatever it is. So four is our magic number of, you know, it, no matter what we're doing, as long as we have four women, we're going to be okay. <laughs> um, I, I love that mindset. And, um, you know, so again, the idea of Illa, uh, it was just a name that I really liked. And I think also the Illa, like the, uh, kind of nod to being like, oh, that's so sick. Or that's so bro bra. That was kind of my little like tongue in cheek kind of poke at the fact that the outdoors has been so male dominated. And, you know, my experience working in the outdoor industry has always been kind of like the only girl in the room. Um, and there's like this bro culture, but there's no word to describe that for women. So, um, Illa is a name. Illa is a person. Um, I think Illa is also a mindset, you know, like when you find your Illa, you just like find that, like, women don't need to be empowered. We have it. We just have to find it. Um, I think there's an opportunity for brands to find their illa. How do you find the mindset to empower women? I think it can also be an adjective, you know, it's like the female version of a badass. Someone is illa. Um, we are illa. So I just, I've really come to embody the word as a placeholder for whatever that is that we are missing in the conversation around women. And Mm. yeah, just creating a word that I hope one day will be something that people use in normal conversation. Um, You know, just like we're going to create a conversation around this, this gap um, and we're naming it. It's Illa. Inspiring, Uh, (laughs) truly, truly inspiring. And I'm, I'm very happy that women in the world of the area that, that you're in have you have Tana. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> because you're right women have been cast aside as you know castaways in so many areas of life and you're not going to let that happen hell no <laughs> that's right <laughs> and as you shouldn't and as any other woman shouldn't yeah you have everybody has the right to be treated the same, the same respect and receive the same services, benefits, but also connections and um, to be able to live life the same way. And you're doing it for, for a segment that um, needs somebody to stand up and say, hell no, we're not going to accept that. We want more. 
Yeah. Um, want to create opportunities, you know, it starts with an opportunity to get out with friends in your area. And, you know, I hope one day we'll be influencing, you know, the opportunities that women have for careers in the industry or for sponsorships or yeah. just the opportunity to get the products they keep asking for, but somehow it's not making it to, you know, the, the product teams. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I have a lot of work ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're developing, um, this product right now. Um, and I will probably be testing it with a bunch of girls that I know in Jackson. So that's kind of like just a, a cool little thing to be able to test this out with the women of Jackson hole in the greater area. And, you know, just be able to see it actually helping my friends and friends of friends and the women that I've been connected to over the years, um, asking about how do I get into this or where can I go? This, this happens all the time with mountainist, you know, you have people reach out and say, is there a clinic or do you know of people in my area or do you know of a club in my area? Or, um, you know, I think the biggest, one of the biggest barriers for women in a lot of these sports, it's not that they're scared to do it. It's not that they don't have, you know, the, um, the courage or the confidence to go out and try something, but it's not really something you do on your own. You know, they just, they just need an invitation. They need an introduction. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's the first problem that we're going to solve. Um, but you know, as we learn more and more about these women and how they behave and what they ask for and what they want, I think we have a huge opportunity to just influence, you know, disrupt the industry as a whole and just be a collective voice, um, for the women of Villa. So, yeah. And this will service any skill level. So let's say the person wants to go out fly fishing and they've never been fly fishing before they might be able to be paired with somebody who is willing to teach them. Is yeah. that the idea as well? In, in the very beginning, um, it will need to be one, one of the caveats, you know, when we're just launching this and it's very small and kind of in testing, uh, we will need women to have the equipment hmm. um, to start. But that is our goal that, you know, down the line, women can flag themselves as I love to teach or I have extra gear. Um, I'm somebody, I, I thrive on showing other people my sports because that is what gets me excited is seeing them get excited, like when it clicks and they finally realize why I spend all of my money and all of my time doing all of these activities. And so I think there's also an opportunity, you know, right now we're building an algorithm that connects people who have the gear so that they can get out and play. But down the road, this algorithm could be used to um, you know, match people to mentors, um, match people to events, match people to products, um, match people to ski resorts. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, the, the most exciting part about this is just knowing how many avenues and, and how many new like opportunities could arise from it. If we only knew what women wanted. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tana, you're badass. <laughs> No, I'm Illa. You are Illa. That is right. <laughs> I am going to go home and share with Laura about being Illa. Awesome. Finding yeah, her we, Illa. We need, to, we need to tell the world to get them to start using the new word. Oh, I'll have, be happy to share this when it's when you're ready. You tell me. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll help <laughs> spread the word to all of the people that I know. Awesome. <laughs> how how exciting. And And Tana, think about the role model that you are for younger women. Do you speak to like high school women? I haven't spoken to high school women. I've played the role of the mentor, mm -hmm. you know, 
several times over my lifetime. Um, you know, most notably as like a ski coach or an instructor, like I loved teaching, you know, kids and young girls. Cause I think a lot of times it's, you know, hard for them to envision themselves in a, in the future, unless they have an example of what that might look like. Um, and then in my experience at TGR, it was also really cool. I was able to um, hire on several interns in the content department, and there were a lot of young women. Um, and it was really cool to see before my very eyes while I was there, like the gender scale tip for how many women were in the room. So I've definitely been able to, you know, experience that role as a role model with younger women and see how impactful it is. And I think it's really interesting that you brought that up because. You know, I, I've said that in some ways, Ila is like, she's like me, um, you know, but I was trying to figure out the things that I know I'm good at and the things that bring me joy. How can I scale that? Because, you know, how many, how many high schools can I actually walk into me, Tana personally, but if I can create this platform where I can kind of in some ways duplicate myself, or at least duplicate the things that I know help inspire women or the things that work, how many more people we could reach, um, if we could find a way to, to scale that. So, yeah, I mean, you could say that's kind of my goal. I don't know how many high schools I'll get into, but I'm hoping that this will inspire a lot of women in younger and older generations. Um, just give them the tools and the connections and help them ease the logistics of getting out there for the first or the second or the 10th time. Well, when you're on Moth Radio Hour or a TED as a TED speaker inspiring <laughs> women, you will reach many, many women and, and more effectively than just going to different high schools. Yeah. And I'll say, and you heard it first on the Jackson Hole Connection. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm still marketing time. for you, Stefan. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Old habits die hard. <laughs> <laughs> They always do. They always do. One last question. Did you have to pull back a little bit from mountainous to have some quiet time, some thinking time to help develop this idea? What was your process? Yeah. As I mentioned, uh, my retail manager, Jen, mm -hmm. I all but just gave her the reins to the entire business for the last six months. Um, like I said, if she were not in the picture, I don't know if mountainous would have stayed afloat mm -hmm. um, because even though I would never want to let it die because it means so much to me. If I had to sacrifice one or the other, I just see how much bigger Illa is in terms of what it can contribute to women and just the industry. So I would have chosen this new, this new one. So I've definitely had to pull back a lot, but it's also been really, it's also been cool to see how what I'm learning at Mountainist is influencing um, what I'm doing with Illa and how they can kind of be used to ladder a little bit, if that makes sense. Like I learned something from Illa and then I go back to mountainist.com and um, see if I can, you know, find those patterns or see if I can replicate it and then um, take what I learned there. So it's, it's kind of this existing community and testing ground that I have of these women that I know are already the same demographic that I'm trying to reach. So yeah, I've definitely had to scale back, but it's been more of a helpful tool than it has been a hindrance. Okay. I, I feel that we can all have that time Yeah, and, and use it. It's, it's okay to be quiet, have some quiet around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tana, this has been an absolute delight. You've made my day. 
Oh, good. I'm glad. It's been really fun to catch up. This has been the best part of my day. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. If people wanted to connect with you and um, get more information about you, who you are and be inspired with you, how can they connect with you, Tana? It's a good question. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of all over the internet in all the, the normal places. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Instagram. My handle is Tana in the Tetons, which is ironic because I'm not actually in the Tetons anymore. I'm now in the Salt or the Wyoming range, but <laughs> I just I love the alliteration. I can't get rid of it. And then uh, mountainous.com, pretty much everything there ends up in my inbox. Okay. A lot of it goes to Jen, but if people wanted to reach me through mountainous.com, I'd be there. And Ila is a little under the radar right now because literally a lot of things have snapped into place over the last four or five weeks, but you will be able to find um, some more information about Ila on the VF uh, VF Corp. They have the Venture Foundry site. I'll give you the link so you can include it in the show notes. Okay. Um, But they did do a interview about Ila with me a few weeks ago. And so, you know, if you follow along, I'll be announcing when we start to put stuff out into the internet world and out to the public. And um, yeah, I would love for everyone to come along for the ride. It's going to be a rocky one. (laughs) It it might be rocky, but you're on the right train for it. Yeah. You'll feel a little bit of it, but that's just, that's just life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Sometimes the rockiest rides are the most fun on a dirt bike. So I'm just going to, just going to use that analogy. I'm just going to keep going back to that. I haven't been on a dirt bike, but on a full suspension mountain bike, a a rocky trail is freaking amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the kind of rocky trail we're going on. It's the fun one. (laughs) Super. Yeah. Well, Tana, thank you so much for taking time out of your um, thinking time and creativity time for Illa. And I um, will stay in touch and look forward to keep following you and seeing you along your journey. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Tana. Take care. Okay. Bye. See ya. To learn more about Tana and her businesses, visit the Jackson Hole Connection.com episode 189. Folks, if you want to start a podcast, I recommend Michael Mori. Michael has been with me since the beginning of editing and directing this podcast and has been handling the marketing for many years. So reach out to Michael if you want to start your own podcast. And thank you to my wife and my boys. Summer is approaching, I promise. We'll see it soon. I really appreciate you all sharing your time with me today. Cheers till next week, folks, when I see you here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.